Well, hello all, Mike Falkenstein here with 1A Catalyst. Together with my friend Steve Shermer of Silk Road Catalyst, I'm one of the co-hosts of Missions Talk. Missions Talk is a show where we have regular media content on best practices and inside looks into what God is doing around the world in missions, featuring guests that are involved in global missions from parachurch organizations, churches, and other missions networks around the world. We have a deep heart to help you find ways to reach your world for Christ. And on today's episode, Steve and I talk about Matthew 24, 14, whether reaching all people groups around the world has already been completed and whether Christ's return is imminent. Well, friends, uh, hi, gr- uh, hello and greetings. Uh, my name is Mike Falkenstein, and uh, I want to be the first one to welcome you to this, the latest uh, episode of Missions Talk. I direct a ministry called 1-8 Catalyst here in Denver, Colorado, and uh, I am here again today with uh, my co-host, Steve Shermer. And Steve, we have an interesting episode today, and uh, actually this episode is going to be more of a Bible study type episode, isn't it? We're, we're talking about this idea we've heard, we've been hearing some about how some in mm. missions, some in ministry, um, really are advocating that this work of the Great Commission is already complete. And uh, I think you and I were just talking, and you've actually... I'm actually kind of new that uh, up to this idea, but you've said that you um, you've heard of this before. Yeah, so there's you know we're referencing Matthew twenty four fourteen, where Jesus says, uh, and this gospel will be preached to the whole world, and then the end will come. And of course, there's two camps in that. So there's the camp that we tend to lean on, and that is uh, when the gospel gets to every corner of the world, then yes, Jesus will come. And we're definitely going to talk about that. And then there's the camp that says uh, the Great Commission's already been completed. Uh, it was uh, completed before, I believe, 70 AD, something like that. That's right. Yeah, that's so, right. So, you know, these are the generally the two camps we're going to talk about. And we've already told you which one we lean on. And we just want to reiterate that we're not here to uh, criticize or anything. We don't think this is a like a primary critical issue that changes the gospel, but it's a viewpoint of, uh, you know, when the Great Commission is, has been, or will be completed. That's right. And so it is interesting, Steve, because as I've been doing this uh, reading and research about this, um, the main sources that I've gotten this, you know, their 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 theology, if you want to call it that, from, um, I've I've done a little bit of, you know, reading on Facebook and Twitter about some of these people. And boy, I would sure think, yeah, that essentially in every other way, you know, we would just be brothers and sisters in arms and, uh, you know, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, yeah. So I think you're right. I would say, however, that, you know, as it relates to, you know, the, uh, the work of the great commission and certainly what we talk about, uh, what I talk about at one eight catalyst a bit about, how the Great Commission is a normative command for all Christians, if it's already been completed, um, that kind of changes things, right? And so, at least for me, that's why this, you know, this issue is somewhat important. So, so Steve, how about this? I'm going to just sort of go through some of these. Um, I think there's sort of three main sections to this episode. One being, we'll talk just briefly about the people that are in this Great Commission is Complete camp, which I've just been calling the GCIC camp, 
you know, kind of what they believe and kind of where they're coming from. And you and I can kind of make comments around that. And then they have two separate sort of uh, sort of theological bins that they're pulling from to kind of come up with that. So we're going to talk about um, this idea of the, you know, Jesus is talking about the end of the age. And so that becomes an important thing. And then the uh, the passage that you mentioned in Matthew 24, there's some there's some uh, there's some uh, study further study I've done about that, and we'll talk and then maybe make some conclusions. So, um, let's talk first, Steve, about this. You know, kind of the case that they're making. So the case they're making really is simply that, um, and actually, you and I have just talked about it. There's some of the case that they're making that we would also kind of agree with what one of which is that many evangelical Christians falsely believe that we can speed up uh, when Jesus returns by reaching all unreached people groups. So you've heard this, I've heard this in different, you know, uh, sections that boy, you know, it kind of gives an urgency to the, you know, the job of reaching these unreached people groups that, you know, as soon as that's done, we'll see Jesus's return. And so, you know, I think, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I think you and I would kind of actually agree with that one, right? Yeah, and you know, that's one thing that's always, I don't wanna say bothered me, but I have heard people say, I've, I've been in uh, meetings and heard presentations where people would say, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna finish this task and then Jesus is gonna come. And I'm sitting there going, well, we can't, you know, we can't strong arm Jesus into coming back. We, we actually have no say in that. Yeah, we could probably set the stage up a little bit and, and get the task complete, but then it's still in the Father's hands of when Jesus returns. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And so that, was, that is actually one thing I've read in their camp that we would also agree with. Um, the other one, you mentioned, you know, Matthew 24, 14. And so in just a bit, I, I'll go through... We can go through a little bit more about Matthew 24. And so for those watching at home, um, that'll be one that I would just recommend that uh, maybe you take a quiet time or two and just kind of go through Matthew 24 on your own. But, you know, this is a passage that you and I both use in our, our ministry a lot, right? Matthew 24, 14. And you've given it already, but this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed as a testimony to all nations. Um, and then the end will come. And so we, we begin to focus in on this idea of the end and the end of the age. And mm -hmm. the people in this camp really think that uh, in Matthew 24, as Jesus, you know, if you go to the earlier verses of this, of this chapter, if you, if you, you know, so Jesus and the um, disciples are having a little chat and the, the, the disciples just mentioned the temple. Um, in Jerusalem. And all they do is they just mention that, you know, oh, isn't this a pretty building kind of a thing? And Jesus says, um, not one of these stones after another will be, will be here. And then we pick up with verse three, and then they're talking about, you know, then the disciples are talking about the, the end of the age. And when, when, when will we know about the end of the age? And so, um, and so the people in this camp kind of connect those two things together. And really they say, that when we see the destruction of the temple, Jesus is saying that that's the end of the age, that this, that this job of the Great Commission has been finished. And as I 
write in a series of blog posts. I think those are those are two separate incidents that happen. That actually, Jesus' mention of the temple and then the end of the age, this was actually in two separate places at two separate times. And so, um, you know, they're talking about that... Uh, the end that Jesus is talking about here, when we when we refer to the end of the age, is indicated when the temple was destroyed in AD 70. And so in AD 70, the Romans attacked Jerusalem and destroyed much of Jerusalem and the temple. And so um, uh, and so that 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 becomes an important thing. So we focus in on this sort of the end of the age and when do we what do we know about the end of the age? Because Jesus himself then this becomes important because in verses like Matthew 28, one of the key verses of the Great Commission, where he says, Go and make disciples of all nations, you know, teaching them, baptizing them, and I am with you always to the end of the age, right? Um, and so when this end of the age happens becomes important, doesn't it, Steve? It is important to define it. I mean, that's critical and it's in, it's critical to keep in context what's happening throughout the whole chapter, you know, and, and some of the things you've, you and I have talked about recently where this topic came from with, a um, you were mentioning your blog post, which I do encourage everyone if you. Uh, don't read Mike's blog. Go there because uh, there's there's three of them that's coming out. One of them I think already came out on this subject, and they're actually really good. And so I've just gotten I've gotten a sneak peek on them. So <laughs> uh, you know, it's important to define it. It's important to keep in context within the whole chapter, uh, leading up from verse one of chapter 24 all the way down to to where Jesus says, and then the end will come. And because there's a lot happening in there. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, I, I definitely obviously don't lean on where some people land where, you know, 80, 70 was. Uh, by then, the Great Commission has been completed. I just, I don't see it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, there are a lot of, obviously, a lot of people out there that are, and they land on both camps and different viewpoints. But, yeah, I think, like you were saying, and like you're de- trying to define, Defining that end of the age is critical and using this chapter plus other chapters in Scripture uh, combined is uh, especially critical to be able to understand the, the term end of the age. That's right. And again, just to kind of ref- just to kind of continue to focus us, Steve, on why this is so important in Matthew 24, 14, one of these key verses, um, Jesus actually says that it will only be after these all of these people groups all these ethnic groups you know in our ministry where I've, we're, we're trying to sort of develop sort of a sort of a line of something whether it's t-shirts or stickers or you know something on sort of this idea that we see in matthew 24 14 and matthew 28 about all nations right in greek it's actually past ethnos and so it's not until all these ethnic groups have been reached we read in matthew 24 that the end will come again in Matthew 28 and I am with you always to the end of the age. Right. And so this end of the age then becomes important to define it. And so in the blog posts that uh, Steve and I both have mentioned, which by the way, are part of the kind of on the ministry side. So if you go to one, eight catalyst.org, 
um, our ministry website. You can read those and, you know, uh, share those with others. Um, I actually sort of define then, okay, it's important then to figure out what is the biblical, uh, what is the biblical, uh, you know, view of when this end of the age actually comes. And so, again, for those of you that are doing Bible study at home and taking notes, um, I would just encourage you that you go to both Matthew 13 and Mark 13, and both of those chapters are really recounting the same events. But, you know, one of the cool things about the Gospels, of course, is you've got two different people, you know, making commentary and, uh, you know, rec- having a recollection about the same events. And so, Steve, I we won't go through all of that, but what we see in those two chapters is really kind of two things. One, as we approach the end of the age, there are some things that happen. So many will come in the name of Jesus. Many will, you know, many of those people um, who say that there are, you know, true believers will lead many astray. We'll see wars and rumors of wars. We'll see nation rise against nation. Um, Christians will be delivered over to councils and being beaten. And so we see like, we're going to see some of this stuff, you know, picking up more and more. And then we see, okay, here's what actually, here's what, you know, the end of the age actually looks like. So, um, Jesus actually sends his angels and they will gather out of his kingdom, uh, all causes of sin and all lawbreakers, right? There's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And I think on its face, Steve, we can say, well, we're not seeing angels yet, right? So we're not we're not there to the end of the age quite yet. And then uh, Mark thirteen ten is the one that was really important to to this conversation, I think, Steve, which is in the midst of this, the age of the end of the age will not be complete until the gospel actually goes to all of these people groups. And so, you know. Um, Clearly, we can see in Scripture what the end of the age looks like. And Steve, unless I've just kind of been not paying attention, I think we've, we, as we look at what the Bible says about what the end of the age looks like, we're not there yet, are we? Yeah, no, I, I don't think we are. And I like the verse you were pointing out, Mark thirteen ten, because that definitely goes into Matthew twenty eight nineteen through twenty. It goes into Matthew 24, 14, you know, the key word when, it, when it's talking about nations or ethne, it's talking about people groups. And I know there's, there's arguments or disagreements or what people groups are, how they're defined, you know, who are the unreached versus the reached, on and on and on. But I, you know, I like what you said. There's, there's a list of things in multiple books or letters in the Bible uh, mm-hmm. explaining the events that's going to happen. Uh, not just the gospel is going to go to every ethne or people group or nations, whatever you want to say, mm-hmm. but there's actually stuff's going to happen. And I just don't believe that all that stuff happened between uh, the time Jesus died in resurrection in AD 70. You know? Right. I, I don't. And, cer- and certainly, yeah, for those that do believe that, I would just ask, okay, when did the angels come down from heaven right yeah. i mean you know we just haven't we haven't in history we have not seen that or heard that in that in that level because it sure seems like it's it's going to be a lot of angels it's going to be a lot of angels right you know and you know so 
so we have some signs of what that actually looks like. And so, yeah, Steve, I would agree with you that we, we have not seen that yet. And I think the key is, you, you know, in, in some of these posts that we see that whether we agree or disagree, we got to be careful not to just take a single verse or a term and wrap a whole uh, perspective around it. We do need to come, we need to look at the whole of Scripture and look right. at all the things that are going to take place. Like you said, in fact, I haven't even thought about the whole angel thing that you're, that you're pointing out. But it, obviously it's in there. And yeah, it's that's something right. we have to take in consideration. And if it hasn't happened, well, then the end of the age hasn't transpired just yet. That's maybe right. we're close. Maybe it's 100 years down the road. We don't know yet. Uh, and I don't, I don't think we ever will until it happens. Right. And so for those just, you know, uh, uh, taking notes at home, it's um, the whole business of the angels. Uh, Matthew 13, uh, 41 and 42. So you can mm. you can do that study at home. And so uh, and so then, Steve, we get into finally, I think the um, as it relates to the end of the age anyway, you know, this narrative that we see in Matthew 24. Again, I would just encourage people to do that reading um you know, at, at home. But, uh, if the, oh, in which, by the way, let me mention in these blog posts, I actually have a link to one of the articles that has been written by the great commission is complete people. And so you can kind of compare and contrast and, you know, we're not, uh, intentionally hiding any of that. You can go to it and read it and I would encourage you to do so. And so in some of these articles, they really have a make a main point out of this whole Matthew 24 uh, narrative. And so, as I mentioned in Matthew 24, at the beginning of the chapter, uh, the, the disciples make a make mention of the temple. Jesus says that the temple, uh, you know, not one stone of this temple will be, will be, will remain uh, on another Right, that it will. He he does actually prophesy that the temple will be destroyed. They take a almost a two mile walk after that, and then in verse three, they're sitting at the Mount of Olives, and the disciples ask him about the you know the end of the age. And certainly to me, I make a pretty strong case in these in these posts in this blog post that those were. Two separate things, two separate conversations. Now, as they're walking between the two places, as they tended to do, I'm sure they were still talking. We just don't, we just don't have that narrative of what happened on the walk between the temple as they're walking by and the Mount of Olives. But it certainly seems like, you know, those two conversations were different. And so for the the GCIC people to make that connection to me, seems like a bit of a stretch. And and certainly we can only interpret scripture based on what we, you know, what we what we read, right? What we find. And so, um, Steve, tell me if I'm I mean, you've read the the full, you know, the the that that the that post that deals with that in particular. Was there anything there you felt like I was I was missing? No, I, I actually found it very intriguing in your post, specifically as you were describing the, uh, the distance between the two locations and, and just sitting there thinking about how much time it's going to take to walk. How long did you say? A uh, mile and a half? Yeah, so a couple it, of miles? Yeah so, it's, yeah, so when I looked it up, 
Um, it's about three kilometers between the two places, which is not quite two miles. I think it's 1.8, okay. something odd miles. So just call it just shy of a two mile walk. Yeah. So, it, you know, living in Asia when I did, and we often had to walk somewhere, either a taxi wasn't available or a tuk-tuk wasn't around the corner or something like that. You know, we had to walk sometimes a couple of miles to get to a restaurant. And that's not a, you know, that's not a brief walk. I mean, unless you're you know, jogging or running a marathon together for those two miles or something right. like that. You know, you're probably, it's just a leisurely stroll from point A to point B. And there's a lot of conversation going on between there. So I, I did find that very intriguing when you had mentioned that in your post. And one of the things I saw in the post that you're mentioning that you do reference in, in your article that you do, you have reached out to this person. So I just want to say that you have reached out to yeah. dialogue with him. And, you know, we are hoping that maybe one day he would actually come on and join us and, you know, mm. have a little back and forth so people can hear both sides. Um, Definitely. You know, one Definitely. thing I read in there was um, his claim was the disciples were not asking about, you know, Jesus, they're only asking about the end of the age, not when Jesus will return. But when I was reading it, I, the passage, actually, the disciples do mention that. They do ask the question about Jesus coming back, that it, it, it was in part about Jesus, not just the end of the age um, specifically. So I did find that a little interesting because he claimed it didn't happen. But, you know, at least in my English translation Bible, uh, right. it, is, it is there. It does indicate that that was part of the question uh, that it did have to do with him coming back. So um, that's right. You know, and that's now 2020, right. we know he hasn't come back. So, I, I, you know, another another reason why I don't believe the end of the age has come yet. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And so uh, in terms of the theological points, Steve, we have just one more and then maybe we can make some final conclusions. But the. Um, in some of this, uh, these articles and the reading that I've done about the GCIC people and kind of the, the point they're making is they're saying as proof that the, you know, the Great Commission is complete, uh, they go to some of the uh, passages that uh, the Apostle Paul um, is, uh, you know, uh, some of his writing. And in particular, uh, Colossians chapter 1 um, and I just have it here, so I'll just go ahead and just read Colossians 1, 21 through 23, and then we're going to focus on verse 23. But So uh, uh, Paul is writing to the, Colossian, the, the, church at, uh, the Colossian church, and he says, And you, who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death, in order to present you holy and blameless and above approach before him, which we say amen to all that, right? <laughs> if indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. And so to their point, they would say, Paul himself has said that the gospel has already been proclaimed in all creation under the earth. And, you know, the uh, for those of you that are doing the Bible study at home, again, read Colossians 1, give it its full context. And um, I think, you know, the, um, the, the point actually that I have made is that when you, again, without having to go into the 20 minutes of, you know, getting into the Greek and whatnot, but as you go into the 
the Greek, there, there, there is a case to be made that really what Paul is saying when you look at the uh, the construction of the sentences in Greek, that it's actually more of a, you know, uh, the hope of the gospel that you heard, which which is being proclaimed um, in all creation under heaven, and so. Um, I would suggest that there there's a case to be made that actually that's the and that makes sense, right, Steve, in terms of Paul in eighty sixty or you know approximately when he's writing this letter um, is uh, uh, you know a he's just really reiterating what Jesus has said in in passages like mark sixteen fifteen go into the all the go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation and also um you know no one from the middle east or europe or any had never been to the americas um i don't know that what they knew about the all the peoples of asia and so you know um to his knowledge it had been preached to all the places that he knew about and it was it, it it needed to continue to be preached so uh steve what do you make of that passage in particular so i, I want to be careful here personally because i've never done an in-depth study on the word uh as you were talking about in colossians 1 uh chapter 1 where mm-hmm. uh proclaimed in all creation under heaven but i remember from your one of your posts that you were, if I understood it correctly, in your study, you've learned that that phrase in the original Greek could be translated one of two ways. Either it's done or it's being done. That's right. And so in that context, yes, and being done sounds more logical from my perspective Mm -hmm. in terms of how I view other things related to the subject. Uh, You know, the other, you know, some of the other things that came to mind was you know, Paul did not like to be did not like to preach the gospel where it had been preached. He liked to go where it had never been preached. I mean, he said mm. that in Romans. Now, granted, Romans was written before Colossians, but that's irrelevant in my mind. He was intentional about going to places where the gospel hadn't been preached, and even as he's writing Colossians, he's still heading toward, you know, ultimately his path leads him to Rome, and he's not done yet. So I don't think he's preached, and I don't think that. Um, I, I don't believe for a moment he thought every crea- everyone under creation, in creation, has heard it. I just don't believe that. Um, that's, right. that's why I would tend to lean on that uh, part of interpreting that phrase, as you said, that it could mm-hmm. also mean uh, like an ongoing action, like toward the goal. And so that's, that's where I lean with that. And so that to me would make a lot more sense than saying, then taking the literal English translated words and saying, hey, you know, it says it right here in English words, it's done. Uh, when in reality, uh, it could have been translated one of two ways, I guess. Yeah, that's right. And see, as you were talking, I was just trying to sort of do some, you know, remembering in my mind. But certainly, you know, we have in the Bible, um, you know, some people that had come to uh, uh, Jerusalem or to Israel from other places, right? So everything from, you know, the Philistines to 
you know, the wise men who, you know, came from the East mm-hmm. and, you know, the, uh, the Ethiopian, you know, eunuch. And so people of Paul's time knew there were these people groups, you know, around the world that, you know, certainly he would have known. Yeah. I mean, wherever the wise men came from, I'm sure he wondered, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, do those, have those people heard the gospel? So, um, so to say that in Paul's time that he believed that that would, that that job had already been finished again, sure seems like a stretch to me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, uh, Steve, as we end this episode, I'd be interested to know sort of, um, what conclusions you've made and kind of, you know, what this study kind of does for you, your ministry, your motivation one way or the other towards missions. Uh, and then I'll sort of answer that same question for you as you think about the, is the great commission finished or not? Has the end of the age happened or not? Um, has the gospel been proclaimed to all creation or not? What is that? What, where, where do you land and what does that do for you in terms of your, you know, your ministry and your motivation? Boy, I could go a whole episode on this on this question. So, <laughs> right. I, you know, in looking at it the last couple of days, I don't know, last four or five days that you and I have been going back and forth on mm. this, I don't think I've landed anywhere differently. Uh, I was, you know, where I'm at today was where I was at a week ago and even a year ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I will say this, uh, you know, I don't believe the end of the age has come. I believe the evidence says, you know, I think it points to that that it's, it is coming in the future. It hasn't happened yet. Uh, I don't believe the gospel has gone to every people group just yet. Now, I will say this as a kind of a caveat. You know, there is a lot of definitions out there within the missions in the church world about people groups. Who, what is a people group? Who are the people groups? Uh, you have different opinions on how many there are in this world. Mm. How many right. are unreached versus reached versus unengaged? I mean, you know this. We've talked about this probably a million times <laughs> in the past. And, and I keep thinking, you know, so I want to be, I also want to encourage everyone not to get stuck in the uh, unreached or UPG, uh, unreached people group um, data. I think it's a great guide. I think it's a solid guide. But it's not, a, it's not perfect, and I don't know anyone who thinks it, it is perfect information out there. Because I do go into, I, I think about the Japanese a lot in this respect. You know, they are considered one of the largest unreached people groups in the world. But when you look historically, there are clearly a good number of Christians in the past among the Japanese people. And there may not be in 2020, but historically, there looks like there has been. So... We don't know. Was there enough? Has enough uh, Japanese people come to Christ historically that would count as that nation being reached in God's eyes? Right. I I don't know. So I don't think we know the answer to all this. I mean, we could all be completely wrong. But (laughs) with that said, because Jesus hasn't returned yet, I do believe there are people groups that have yet to be engaged and have yet to be reached to the level that God would qualify it as sufficient uh, to close out the, the age and to send Jesus back. So I just think we need to have a balance there between the two. And um, 
anyways, th those are my thoughts as you were talking and, and asking that question. That's great. Yeah. And uh, at least in terms of Steve, just as a side note to what you said, I'm just looking at my notes again and Mark 13:10, right? That mm. the end of the age, you know, will not be complete until the gospel must be first proclaimed to all of these um, ethnic groups. Well, the gospel has been proclaimed to the Japanese, mm. right? So in that in that regard, that that requirement has been fulfilled. Um, it's really those that have not, right? And I would I would piggyback on what you said a little in my response to this by saying that certainly, um, yeah, it is easy to get kind of caught up in the numbers. And the very one of the very first things that you learn, Steve, as you know, when you begin really looking at unreached people groups and how many are there and unengaged and all of that, is that uh, it is a very imperfect um, yes. procedure. And that is not to say anything negative towards those that are trying to do their best because they're certainly doing their best and they're doing a mm. great job actually. Absolutely. But but one of the things I learned uh, over the last few years is that, I mean, even our friend David Joannis will tell you, he'll take a list from one of these people and the last known you know GPS coordinates of this people group and they're no longer there. Mm -hmm. So then, okay, <laughs> where are they? Did they? Obviously they moved somewhere. Um, you know, and so I actually have come to the conclusion that, um, now we need to continue to, to, to mm. try to reach these people, but how that's going to happen, I don't think any of us really know because mm. I actually think there are, you know, ethnic people groups that have not yet, they're not on any list that actually do exist. Right. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, you know, it's a very, it's a very imperfect thing, but at least in terms of this study and, you know, kind of my, my motivation, my ministry, I think I'm going to continue to do what I have been doing, which is to, you know, to encourage Christians to be involved in great commission fulfillment, that it is a, normative command for all Christians. I mean, this doesn't change anything for me in that regard, right? And I still sort of cling to, um, you know, that part of the job that God has given us as Christians is to is to reach these people groups that, you know, that, the, that his intention is that the gospel is a, uh, you know, is for all these people groups and, you know, um, certainly there's no letting up on any of that, right? This job has not been completed. We still have a lot of work to do. You know, according to the best estimates, 7,400 people groups are either unreached or unengaged. And, you know, we continue to crank along. And so that's what I would hmm. encourage those that are watching, right? This has not been, in terms of what Steve and I, where we've landed, this is not a job, this is not a, uh, this is not a job, a task that has been finished and, you know, there's still need to, you know, to, 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 to keep at it, to keep our, mm. our foot on the gas, so to speak. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a job that is not yet done. So, um, Steve, is there Something any just final, flew into my ear? Of, <laughs> yeah. Any final, uh, uh, comments you'd like to make to folks about that? 
Yeah, other than the fly trying to get into my headphones, I don't know. Uh, no, you know, as you were talking, it was, it was, I was reminded that, you know, three or four months ago, one of my colleagues in South Asia was working with one of, uh, one of his church partners in his country. And they were taking humanitarian aid up to this uh, village up in the mountains, in the Himalayan mountains. And when they got there and began to interact with the people, and now this is all based on nationals. This is not a Westerner walking in, an American mm. giving his two cents. This is all what the nationals were saying. That up until that point, no Christians that they are aware of had ever stepped foot in that village as they were interacting with these people. And there wow. was this whole village out there hidden and it took them, I mean, there was two ways I was told that they could get up. They could go by helicopter or they could hike for seven hours and carry all the supplies. Wow. So there was wow. no, you couldn't drive your car up there. I mean, that's how remote they were. So, you know, in just four months ago, three, four months ago, they were able to get up there, meet the people, learn that and share the gospel for the very first time with this village. Um, in Nepal. So yes, there are people, there are groups of people out there that have yet to be reached. And, you know, and whether I'm right or wrong theologically uh, on this subject, I'll just say this, the way I perceive it motivates me to get up there. I'm not saying others on the other side aren't motivated as well, but I know for me personally, this motivates me to want to see more villages and people groups like that get access to the gospel. Mm, and, praise um, God. Yeah. And so, yeah. So, yeah, they're still out there and we still have work to do and we need to continue moving forward to see it done. That's great. Thanks for that, Steve. That's exciting. And you're right. There are all kinds of people, right? And uh in all kinds of places that yet need the gospel. So mm. hopefully that is a uh, good motivation for you all. Thanks for joining us. Those that have been watching, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Of course, on our Facebook page, you just go to facebook.com uh, forward slash missions talk. Uh, you can make a comment. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, Steve, hopefully actually this will be one of several episodes that we do on this topic. I'd love to have you know, some of these other folks who think differently about this on. And so we would even um, uh, make an invitation now for those people to come and be with us. So uh, but hopefully for those of you that have been watching, uh, it's been a motivation to you. I'm excited to hear how that Bible study goes for you as you uh, as you go through those passages and uh, look for yourself at what does the end of the age look like? How do we know it's come and, you know, in the meantime, what does that mean for us as believers? And um, so looking forward to hear from you there. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Missions Talk. To find out more about Missions Talk or to watch previous episodes, please go to facebook.com forward slash missions talk. It is on our Facebook page that we have the catalog of all of our episodes. To find out more about my organization, 18 Catalyst, please go to 18catalyst.org. And to find out about Steve's work with Silk Road Catalyst, please go to silkroadcatalyst.com. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll look forward to having you with us on the next episode of Missions Talk.